0: She's a ho, we some hoes
1: Wouldn't you like to be a hoe too? Hey guys, welcome to a special episode of How in the Now. I am... Sink your teeth in Selena. <sighs> Ooh! I'm... C- c- crowd... Crowded clover. Crowdsourced clover. <laughs> <laughs> Can't seem to find my dentures, Clover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. i can not find my dentures. Can't find my Clover. Awesome. Um, guess what, Clover? You're not even here right now. No, I'm a ghost. Yes. I
2: went ghost. You're really no, Clover d- Phantom. She was just 14 when her parents built tree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gonna catch a box. Clover Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if anybody knows that reference. <laughs> You better be a millennial to get that one. Only 90s kids. 90s kids only. (laughs) Um, Clever, you're not actually here. You're really just a figment of my imagination, as per usual.
2: Yes, and for
1: all of you listening, you are just imagining this. (laughs) It's truly only the thing of dreams, what we have right here, right now. It's so beautiful. Welcome to Ho in the Know, a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers. Get ready for... Um, An episode. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's what we're here for. Well, you know. Well, you know. That's um, the nature of it. That's the nature of it. Every episode, we begin with a segment we call Historical Hoes. This week's Historical Ho is Lulu White, also um, known as Lulu Hendley well she was yeah so i got my info from maggie she does this um she does this really cool blog i don't know if you've ever heard of b- blogs before but i'm pretty about the blog only 90s kids will remember blogs <laughs> so her blog is called the honest courtesan it's frank commentary from an unretired call girl. That's what the byline says. Mm-hmm. So she does all kinds of really amazing segments on um, on our historical hose, essentially. And I steal them and do them much less well. <laughs> okay. So thank you, Maggie. No, just- McNeil, I'm a fan, a true fan. I'm also a fan. Yeah.
2: Go off, both of you. Apollo. Love the original and the revision.
1: Let's <laughs> hear this one. Awesome. All right, let's dive in. So Lulu White, who was born Lulu Hendley, uh, was a New Orleans brothel madam in the late 19th century. And yes, audience, I am actually talking about the 1800s this time, <laughs> unlike <laughs> prior episodes where I did not know. Oh, I, wait, is I, this I've, a delayed corrections? Mention? It's kind of that. It's kind of that. I think. I think, can't I didn't I think catch that, that we've caught it. I so I think we've caught it like near the end every time, where okay. it's like oh, yes, and this is in the 1900s, and we're talking about 1990. And they're like, oh, wait, no. Like, <laughs> the 19th century and nineteen ninety But no, 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 no. 19th century and 1800s this time, you guys, 100%. Oh,
2: Corrections Mansion, I said Haute Couture, but it's actually pronounced Kiti. <laughs> so um I
1: wanted to... It's a Hoharapitikachu. <laughs> yeah awesome i'm glad that we got that out of the way so anyway um she was born in selma alabama a very proud quadroon who claimed she had no negro blood in her system
2: oh beautiful yeah. that sounds like a fide woman <laughs>
1: <laughs> so she claimed to be from the west indies which we all should know was slave central, <laughs> yeah. That's the Caribbean, you guys. The slave port city, the West Indies. But I love that she was able to like covertly go about it. She's like, "No, I'm a quadroon from the West Indies, <laughs> 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 the highfalutin quadroon." Ooh. Um, so it was clearly a survival tool for her quest for upward mobility. Um, in case did she just not look black? I, you know, she was. She was like ethnically ambiguous. Okay. But I think she, I mean, from pictures that I've seen of her, she looks like she's black, like partially. Okay. But it's also like one of those things in the United States where we're like on this fucking one drop policy. So it's like we have a weird measure of blackness. Yeah. It's not typical. It isn't. It's very U.S. Very U.S. specific. And if you're listening to this from other places and you don't know what a quadroon is, a Quadroon, do you want to explain, Clover?
2: I this is my first time ever hearing you've that. never heard this. <laughs> never oh, heard gosh, this.
1: that's so funny. <laughs> I okay, <wasn't> gonna ask. <laughs> I like how you didn't know, but you weren't gonna ask. So, a quadroon is a person who is one quarter black. Okay, yes, it's well, a, it's a quad. A,
2: that clears up several things <laughs> all right
1: yeah so she's she's a, she's a quarter black
2: and then the one drop um thing is like a jim crow era
1: yeah so it's like if you have any black blood in you at all any, oh, yeah, anything that you could trace top. then you're 100 percent black like yeah. you can be the most passing person which is
2: how you have so many light-skinned people that are very ethnically ambiguous in media as black representation yep kind of. amber so.
1: rose Nothing. I'm not. I have nothing against Amber Rose. I also have nothing against Halle Berry. Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey. They all have that one drop to them.
2: Does this apply in like Britain too?
1: I don't know. No, this is like an American
2: thing. What about with Meghan Markle? Everyone flipped shit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but I don't know. I mean, she's she identifies as ethnically like partially black. Like half black. Yeah, so I don't know uh, why, what everything is going on with Meghan Markle, and I feel so bad for all of that bullshit, and I guess they're moving to Canada together, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing, and denounced all of their titles.
2: Well, that's cool, I think. Did they also, like, cut off funds and stuff? Are they starting their life uh, honestly? yeah yeah they they. wow well i mean i don't know
1: i don't think they fully cut off their funds or anything i mean i don't know how that could work i mean i think also megan still wanted to act and stuff and i mean she had like a career mm. i mean she was like in suits and that was like a pretty successful series like the i don't know contemporary Okay this, know, okay, this is not Meghan Mark- in- Markle in the know, Okay, this <laughs> is not Meghan Markle in the know. Okay, anyway, so back to quadroons. <laughs> so um, she moved to Louisiana, and as industrious as she was, she immediately got to hoeing. Ooh-hoo-hoo. So at that time in New Orleans, there were about 40 brothels employing about 2,000 full-service sex workers. And you want to guess what the gross income of that red-light district was annually?
2: like of the entire one yeah oh wait gross income oh wait i don't know what gross wait yeah the total the to- total the- is gross yeah okay um
1: one million um 15 million. Oh okay and you want to know what that is in today's money <laughs> um 200 million 360 million Wow. Annually in sex work monies brought to New Orleans. Yo. Nola. Yeah, Nola on that sex work dollar baby.
2: Love it. <laughs> Love
1: it. Yeah. So um it was a very profitable time for brothels. Um Bravely, Nola. Yeah, so uh Lulu may not have she was not the best looking woman, um, everybody says. She was kind of a little dumpy looking, didn't have an especially conventionally sexy body, but what she had was ambition and charisma. And she managed to lock down like a bunch of notable clients, including an oil man and a railroad tycoon and a department store owner. Ooh. Yeah. And by the end of the um, 80s, the 1880s, <laughs> <laughs> she was a madam with a house of her own in Storyville, which is the name of the red light district in New Orleans at that time. Storyville. Storyville. So in the late 1800s, there was a morality crackdown in the city. And um, at that time, like brothels could be opened anywhere prior. So like they were, you could open a brothel anywhere before this law went into effect um, by a man named Alderman Sidney Story. And he decided that all of the brothels needed to be sequestered off from everything else. And so the brothels got named, nicknamed Storyville after that guy. (laughs) <laughs> Alderman Sydney's story who is not about brothels.
2: Okay, I really thought it was going to be like just because you can tell stories I, really <laughs> story though. I know. I heard stories about I got bad stories place. from Storville.
1: <laughs> yeah, I sent yep, that thing. Um so yeah. Uh so Lulu was a hustler. In spite of being arrested numerous times for everything from pandering to soliciting, she managed to purchase and manage a four-story brothel called Mahogany Hall. And she also, like, consistently got it appraised for a lot less money so she wouldn't have to pay as high, like, property taxes and shit.
2: That's pretty good. Yeah, she,
1: like, got it down to, like, a quarter of, like, the house across the street from her. Wow. So she called it an octoroon parlor. You <laughs> want to guess what that means? Um, it's when you're an eighth? Yep. <laughs> it's when you got an eighth. When you're an eighth black. (laughs) Okay. And I guess presumably the rest is white or something else. But Yeah, probably white. Yeah, or whatever else is not black. So And it's funny, like how would you even tell at that point? You just have to trace back ancestry, truly. Like what if all your relatives had died? You could just pass to white. Yeah. Anyway, so the Bordello was staffed with Creole women who were approximately one eighth black. And Lulu is described as an ostentatious dresser, quote, attired in a bright red wig and an elaborate formal gown. She wore diamond rings on all her fingers, including thumbs, bracelets up both arms, a diamond necklace, a tiara, an emerald alligator brooch on her chest. The works.
2: That's a lot. It's really nice. I like how sex workers are often just like in the most ostentatious clothes and just like colorful wigs, like giant dresses, glitter
1: everywhere. Yeah, it's like, go off. <laughs> Fucking yeah, go off. Yeah. <laughs> Cute um, like that. So she understood the importance of diversifying her investments. Uh, so she had an eye set on buying a movie studio out in Hollywood, and she actually had the money to buy it. She had um $150,000 that she was going to put toward buying the studio back in the 1880s. Well, I guess it would probably be like 1900s at this point, to be real. Um. So she, but she made this mistake of trusting fancy man George Kilshaw <laughs> with making the acquisition. Uh, so she sent him off to California with her hundred fifty thousand dollars, and um, which in today's money would be over three point six million dollars. And he, guess what? Did he do? What he spent it all. He disappeared. <laughs> oh, he disappeared and started over again. Fancy pants. George? Yep. Fancy Pants George. He left her and took everything. So Lulu never went after him. And took everything. He went and took everything. Convoluted man. Never trust a Negro. Never trust him. Actually, he was like very passing and and they are kind of like. I imagining
2: like a sort of whiter dude. Yeah,
1: he is. He was actually like so uh, white passing that they thought that he probably just went off to like pass to be white um, out in California,
2: I have an uncle that I th- thought was white until I was like an adult, and then everyone told me he was black.
1: Yeah, it's so it's always a real revelation. Um, so yeah, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from Louisiana. Whoa, oh. I'm Southern Belle. Oh, Southern Belle. So, uh, he was gone, and so she used her remaining money to buy a saloon next door to the Mahogany Hall. And that became her primary source of income later. But of course, all this would be fucking turned on its head because of Prohibition and the Volstead Act. If you guys have not watched the Ken Burns documentary on <laughs> Prohibition, okay, I gotta <laughs> check it out. <laughs> you might want to. Where can we? Where can we Netflix, watch? Netflix. Netflix. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. It's you know, it's a real trip down. Is it fun? Memory it fun? lane. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say memory lane yeah i don't know why well it's like history lane i guess uh, me alive during prohibition me also alive now <laughs> selena's an immortal <laughs> i'm an immortal <laughs> selena the fucking immortal um so anyway eventually lulu got tired of like dodging the cops and she sold the saloon and not long after that she kind of disappeared from history so i there was like a minor blip showing that 10 years later she took out money from her bank, but there's been no recorded death certificate for her in Louisiana or in Alabama. So
2: she's an immortal.
1: She's also an immortal. So she's been portrayed in whitewashed movies of her life, including by Mae West. I think it's Mae West. God, I hope I wrote that down. Right. <laughs> um, so the, the movie is called bell of the nineties and it was originally entitled Belle of new Orleans inspired by Lulu white or Lulu's life. Um, but uh due to the pervasive racism of that time all racial references were suppressed and so she became a white lady and then 40 years later the brothel madam in pretty baby 1978 was also inspired by lulu she wears a red wig excessive jewelry and her brothel has a swirling mahogany staircase and that's our historical hoe So people, like, stare? Certainly. Definitely stare. Do you get treated differently at restaurants? Oh, my
0: gosh. All the time. And it's so weird. Um, I'll just stare back, like, you know, like, (laughs) really in their face, just staring back at them. Um, at, At restaurants, a lot of times the cashier or the waitress will ask, paying together or separate, and I'll look at her like, You know, I'm not... Like, what did you fucking think? Right, I'm not reaching for my debit card. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, so I just, you know, I guess the, like, little snarky things, but it doesn't bother me at all.
1: That's really cool Mm. that you're just, like, you have, like, a thick skin about it. I mean, it's still... I mean, it phases me. Um, Do you ever have, like, clients that are, like, super proud and, like, want to be like, you know, she's with me. Isn't she super hot? Oh, my gosh. All the time. I'm like, okay, you know, chill. Yeah, like, can you keep it (laughs) low-key? Exactly. Like, what about whenever they, like, So I imagine, and I have a limited experience compared to your experience, but, like, I have been dragged into my share of business meetings. (gasps) Oh, my goodness, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, like, usually the tail end. It's usually, like, they're going out for drinks and doing, like, the final details. Oh, my God, that's happened to me.
3: Yeah, I don't sugar, but I like, I you know, I enjoy the free meals and the free apart. <laughs> like, when I travel alone, sometimes I need a little help. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got pulled into a business deal. This guy was paying for all of my shit. Oh, God. He just brought me.
1: Yeah. It <laughs> just reminded me of that. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like that. It's like, that's the yeah. baby
3: step. That's like. He was buying land. And I was like, oh, why am I here? He I like, <laughs> 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 thought we were
1: going to coffee. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> What? I don't think I've ever experienced that before. It's, I mean, it's like truly, so, um, Danny, who I've talked about so many times on this show, I feel like there should be a drinking game for every time (laughs) Danny's mentioned. Um, Like a bingo. Yeah, bingo. (laughs) Once an episode, you'll get at least one Danny story. Um, So, I was meeting him at the London Go meet me at the London. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so I was meeting him at the London and we were at like the at the bar and stuff. Actually, he was at the bar. I was like, I don't want to leave tonight. Like, I don't wanna do anything. I'm not putting on makeup. I am coming in sweats and I'm letting you know this. And he's like, come anyway, just come. I'm like, I'm not I I like was trying to like ditch out of it, but he was very insistent that I show up. And so I just, like, come to the London and whatever the fuck I had on, and I was, like, just—I was, like, in my feelings. I think my period was about to start, and I was just, like, not having it. But I, like, looked fine, just, like, natural and not quite matching. And (laughs) so I, like—he's, like, I'm at the bar. Like, come over there. And so I go over to him, and um, I'm looking how I look. And he's, like, I want you to meet this woman. She sells perfume. And then we go into like this 30 minute conversation with this woman who sells perfume <laughs> from Australia. And he was like dead set on like trying to like have a threesome with her. Oy. And he was, and then like later I was like, why did you do that to me? Didn't you realize that I didn't want to meet anybody? I was like, that was so terrible. And he was like, what? Like, I thought that was part of our fantasy. We wanted to hook up with somebody. And I'm like, Fucking Danny, like, this is your fantasy. I just didn't, like, you don't understand that I indulge your fantasies. Like, that's <laughs> my job and what you're paying me for. Right, exactly. it's just like, a poof. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so, like, that happens to me a lot. And I know you're just like, that doesn't happen to me. That's so interesting. Like, how do you, how have you experienced clients kind of, like, showboating you and stuff or taking you places? Mm. That is a good question.
0: I I just I don't play into it. I just kind of, you know, look at them like <laughs> Like, who are you? You got right. good
3: facial expressions. Thank the you. The listeners won't know, but her eyes say it all yeah. like she's so sweet and then it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so like, oh, I'm done
1: talking. Thank you. I just
0: try to remind them, like, remain grounded. You know, it's not like I'm dating you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: Does that ever hurt somebody to, like, have that moment where you're like, like, we're sugar dating, but we're not dating. Like, right. there's the financial aspect in this business. Right. I think in with men
0: especially, you know, and their egos, they, you know, it's like that meme, I pretend I do not see it. Like, they try to, like, not <laughs> think about that part. Yeah. But it's reality. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like this won't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, so do you ever do you ever have moments where you've been with a client for a while and they start to kind of like diminish your like monthly pay or your weekly pay because you've have a relationship with them essentially? Ooh. In the past past I have had clients who have tried
0: that and I always tell them you know if you as bad as it sounds if you still care you know you wouldn't diminish anything you know you diminishing the payments like do you you, you care about me less you know just because we're in a relationship doesn't mean that I no longer need to be supported Mm, so I just always try to remind them
1: that's so important I think Mm -hmm. there is like this kind of trend with sugaring where like the returns gradually diminish as you have, like, you develop a rapport and you have a, a bit of casualness about your relationship, and you know each other, and it becomes intimate in like a, in a regular way. And then people are like, "Oh, well, now I can pay her a little bit less, and she'll spend a little bit more time."
0: Exactly, and I always, I always try to remind them. You know, the more you care about me, the more you should want to take care of me and give me more.
1: That's how I feel too. Like um like the more i know somebody the better i'm able to like cater my services to them and like exactly. that takes time and building that relationship like should be rewarded you know, proportionally exactly. So like t- no other job with, where you have a service where you start to pay them
3: less. Like you don't start paying your hairdresser
1: exactly. less so they get like to know your hair trainer. better. Yeah, yeah.
3: exactly. Like you tip them more. You give them pr- Christmas presents. And <laughs> yeah,
1: <probably>. exactly. <laughs> very good point. I think that it's it's like unfortunate that there there isn't like a well, am I up for promotion kind of Ooh. option. <laughs>
3: Like guys, Do you, like, see those trends in certain professions that these guys have?
0: Trends? Yeah. yeah,
3: like, if guys are more about haggling, do they tend to come from, I don't know, like, a different business world?
0: Ah, uh, I see. Yes, yes, because they are so used to being in business, in business mode, you know, they want our relationship to be relationship but when it comes to financial they want to stay in business mode oh yeah. yes and i'm like eh, no
1: <laughs> no <laughs> do you see like discrepancies in how people handle it like cross culturally or racially oh that's a really good question also yes um perhaps
0: sometimes perhaps sometimes um, and especially in terms of culturally, um, with different cultures,
1: yeah. Do you find that you have like a like? Are your clients mostly like one race or another, or do you have like, or do you also have like groups that just never buy your services? <laughs> mostly white. Yeah, mostly yeah, white. I can see that. <laughs> white
0: and Indian, Asian. Very few black.
1: Really? A lot mm-hmm. of Indian and Asian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is so interesting. Like, I was going to say that I think, well, in my experience, I almost never have Indian clients and very seldom Asian clients, but I think that might be like a California thing too. But mm. I found that Indian and, and especially like uh, Northeast Asians tend to go white for the most <sighs> part. They do. They do, which is really weird. And I, it's funny you say that because I was just about to
0: say, in terms of, you know, racial clientele, I I, I wholeheartedly believe it, it It depends on what you look like.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think you also, like, your hair is, like, straight and wavy and all. And also light. It's like a nice, pretty, like, light red and all of that oh, and super you. long and, and very beautiful. Thank you. But I, I look
0: completely different prior to this weekend, so… It was, yeah. it was just like curly. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hair. No, because I would seen you pic- with pictures of curly hair. So um, did, did you relax your hair or did um, it blow out? Just blow out. That's what they did at
0: the salon. That's what my client, you know, wanted and stuff like that. Oh, so. so he, like,
3: did he choose that or did you guys talk about it together?
0: We talked about it together and um, it was actually like a little blowout for like a, he took some pictures of me and stuff like that.
1: Oh, that's so cool. I can't yeah. wait to see those pictures. Thanks. <laughs> so how, what is like the longest regular you've ever had? Oh, perhaps maybe three years, two, two and a half, three years. What was the person like?
0: It was an older guy, business guy, you know, regular white guy.
1: Um, how old? Perhaps maybe 50s. Uh-huh. 50s. And this was in Baltimore. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And what kind of business did he run? What did he do? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I
0: can't remember for the life of me. Wow.
1: <laughs> um. So he's like a businessman in Baltimore, and like, what was he looking for in the relationship, and how did you kind of keep up that longevity?
0: Wow, those questions go hand in hand because I kind of figured, I kind of read him and figured out what he was looking for and just tried to give him exactly that, which is why I guess he stayed so long. So he was looking for um, discretion, <laughs> number yeah, one. Okay, okay. Was he married? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. And at the time I had my own place, so that helped a lot.
1: Oh, okay. Do you, do you typically take uh, clients at your place or do you meet them like in hotels or some other location?
0: Back home in college, when I did have my own place, if I felt that they were okay, then I would let them come back to my place. But that's very seldom because I'm just, I'm a super private person, yeah. And so I yeah. didn't want so many people having my address. But um, now that I'm in the city, I love the hotels here.
1: Oh yeah, it's oh it's gosh.
0: such a treat. So I'm like, you're gonna get me, you know, a really nice hotel or a really nice Airbnb, Airbnb something cool like that. <laughs> I kind of take it as an opportunity to kind of explore the city.
1: You'll know, get a hotel and stay for a couple nights and just explore. Mm. I love that. Do your clients tend to like approach you or do you approach them? Both, certainly. Oh, okay, do you feel like it's kind of mutual like equal Definitely. a lot of times like equal proportion? Definitely 50/50. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, it's I think like a lot of I mean, not a lot, but stripping in particular is like one of those professions where we are always asking our clients to be our clients essentially. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: How do you approach that?
1: Mm, so for now, it's usually been um, all digital. But what's I, the kind of message you would send?
0: Hey, how's your Saturday going? How's your How's your evening going? Good afternoon. How are you? Um, your profile caught my
1: eye. I just wanted to stop and say hello. That's so cute. <laughs> I mean, and it makes sense. It's, like, pretty much what you would say, like, in any kind of online dating situation. Right. Unless you wanted to, like, you know, be the person with, like, a icebreaker type
3: <laughs> right. line. Be, like, that girlfriend type. Yeah,
1: yeah. exactly.
3: <laughs>
0: That's always good, too. Like, if something is particular about their profile, like, if they say, mm-hmm. you know, I like a certain kind of food, I'll be like, oh, I know this really great Thai place, blah, blah, blah. But um, in terms of offline, maybe, like, freelancing… Mm-hmm. um oh that's that's harder for me but um there are actually a lot of like really good looking older men around the city so i might start freelancing like you know hey baby no, i'm just kidding <laughs> Hey,
3: like, hey baby. <laughs> so you're back to your tinder profile i'm so curious what you have written in it because i stumbled upon some girls on Tender that have yeah. they're like sugar baby profiles
0: really mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. interesting because i my, one of my friends back home who lives in dc she got kicked off of there for yeah my friend got then. kicked
1: off of there too yeah
0: and someone told me that if you have a red rose in your profile bio that means that you're a sex worker
1: wow i have never heard that's that cryptic but you know go. what yeah i would love that to be a secret language that we that have cool emoji language instead of
3: Indiana, like right. you know, like old school. <laughs> okay. So
0: that's cool. I've never heard of that, but it's really cool. But um, in my bio, I just have looking to connect.
3: That's funny.
1: Wow, that's like that's Classy. very smart. And yeah. do you do you just kind of age filter. Oh yeah, for sure. What's your age filter?
0: Probably
1: thirty five and up. Oh, okay, so have you had many like thirty five to forty year old daddies? Very rarely in the thirties,
0: mostly 40 and 50.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. So it's, I mean, it's really interesting. So do you also like personally date? Oh, <laughs> that
0: is an, that's a really good question. I could go on and on, but, um, as of now, I don't, um, I maybe about like, maybe like a year ago I was in a relationship and, um, with me being a sex worker, it was, it wasn't really bad, but my sex work was a huge problem in our relationship, and I had to decide. It's like you know, do I feed my family or do I fall in love? Kind of like that.
1: That's so. It's like
0: unfortunate it's that you would scary. have to
1: choose. Right. Like they were mutually exclusive.
0: Right. Exactly. He didn't want me working at all, and I'm you know, and I I I quit for a little bit, and I felt really guilty. Um, because it's like uh, I don't want to choose a guy over my family, you know. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to choose a guy over yourself. Exactly. So, as of now, no dating. No. No.
1: <laughs> no, that's interesting. Why um I mean, did you would you want to date if you found somebody who is like very like supportive of what you do and everything or is it kind of a turnoff to have somebody who's uh supportive like of of, you know, mm. escorting? It's not a turn turnoff. Um, it would be
0: great. But even if I did find someone who was very supportive and
1: great, I think it would be like a lot right now in terms of scheduling. Oh, well, that's so true. I mean, so much of it is logistics. Exactly. Exactly. Do you have much alone time? A lot of alone time, especially now, um,
0: since I moved here to New York by myself. When I was back home, I would spend all my time with my best friend. But now I have a lot of alone time.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so I want to kind of circle back to so you said you have like a price per month or like weekly price what are your do you mind talking about your rates a little bit sure cool um just kind of list it and and you know talk about how you decided upon what you charge
0: Mm, that was one of the hardest things to do starting out um and kind of like Looking at other sugar babies, like, oh, you know, what are are you charging? How much do you charge? Because, of course, you don't want to, you know, kind of be in the low end. But it's definitely all about your personal need When you know, my personal need. And uh, my personal need is so big because I'm supporting myself and, you know, a couple of other people.
1: That's so so important to say. I also really love that you're, like, everything, you know, there's a market rate, but there's also, like, what is your personal level of need?
0: Exactly, exactly. Like, my best friend back in D.C., she's a sugar baby, but she takes her payments in, like, purses, shoes, clothes, perfumes. And that's her thing. Um, you know, that's definitely her thing, and that's cool. But um, in terms of my rates, monthly, there's always a target that I try to hit a month. Like, I'd like to bring in maybe, like, at minimum 2 a month. At minimum. Yeah, yeah. And for each session, maybe, like if hmm, if it's like a you know someone who's not a regular or just I'm seeing someone maybe like four hundred a session, that's not bad. that's actually pretty decent, decent, yeah, decent um, but of course, more is always great,
1: yeah. yeah, do you have like many um many daddies who are just like, "I want to pay you more?" yeah,
0: yeah, um, and that's always flattering. It's like, oh, wow, I'm good at my job."
1: What about for a weekend session? Do you kind of like, like the weekend that you just had, do you kind of charge it differently? Is it part of the monthly rate or is it like a session rate? Um, This, like for the past one, I just kind of did whatever. He
0: gave me, you know, kind of whatever, like here's for your pocket. Here's for food shopping. And then the hair was like $600. So I was like, oh, my God. I I wasn't too harsh on him about, you know, paying. No, that's
1: good. I mean, like, you should be paying that much money for getting your hair the way it is right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you want to protect your hair, and part of that is throwing some money at it. Oh, right, right. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, he needs to know what that costs. Like, I think many guys don't know how much hair and a manicure costs. Right,
0: exactly, exactly. But I usually, like, I will look at you know my monthly bills and my monthly bank account and then kind of go from there in
1: terms of how much to charge. How much do you send home to your family per month? Let's see the electric bill back home is maybe like 200
0: to 300 a month and then for my little brother I will send him you know maybe like maybe 200 a month just for expenses and But it it depends on like if my older brother, he has his own business, he runs his own daycare. So he's always like needing something. Um, In the past, I've sent him like maybe like a thousand for rent and stuff like
1: that here and there. That's so like, that's so generous and beautiful. I mean, do they know what you do? My older brother does. (laughs) My
0: my parents just kind of figured it out. Did they? They did.
1: How did. did that happen? I. It happened in a heated argument. Uh, so you were in an um in an argument with your parents, your mother. Yeah, with my mother, and you know she goes, "Oh, you know, you
0: think it's cute. I know what you do." Um, and then my older brother goes, "You know, like, don't worry about her." But it's a weird dynamic there because my mother's not, she's not the best mother. She's kind of like neglectful and not responsible in terms of, you know,
1: money financially. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you having to take care of your family as like the child instead of having your parents take care of them is, is kind of like an established dynamic in your family, right?
0: Right, exactly. And I tell her, you know, you don't like me doing what I do,
1: but I wouldn't have to do it if you were doing your job. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so... They know and they kind of, it's like she kind of figured it out. And uh, how did your big brother find out? Yeah, he kind of figured it out also. They would, <laughs> they, you know, they would see
0: me like on a Monday afternoon at like 2, 2 p.m. You know, obviously I'm not at work and I have all this money. And I'm like, Ugh. But
1: I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they're like, like, oh, you know, either she's doing X or she's like right, drug dealing or right. something. You know? I don't know if my younger brother knows. I, I hope not. Do you, Are you worried about that? You're worried about him knowing? A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Why do you worry? I, I just, I don't want him to see me
0: in a certain
1: light without me explaining myself first. How would you explain yourself to him if, if you had the chance, kind of, before mm-hmm. he found out?
0: I would definitely explain
1: myself out of logic.
0: Um... In a way that would make sense to him, to what I'm doing. Why is that? Definitely to support them, to support myself, um, and it, it's kind of a situation, a kind of decision that came from me being in college. It was the best, it was the best possible decision in terms of maximizing, you know, my income, and you know, as well as being being cautious of my time. You're making a lot of money with, you know, with so little time.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there's a million and one reasons that may or may not be true about sex workers, depending on the person. Is like, um, we may or may not be more sexual people. Do you feel like you're a more sexual person than other people?
0: For sure. I'm a super <laughs> sexual person.
1: Okay. For cool. sure. I feel that. I I am. Um, <clears throat> feel like I'm on the fence. Like, sometimes I'm, like, very sexual. <clears throat> and then other, like, times in my cycle, it's, it's all around my menstrual cycle. Like, I will definitely have, like, no libido and, and be just, like, aggressively not about touch.
0: <laughs> right, right. But no, I completely understand what you're saying. And I see that a lot. People having this misconception, oh, just because you're a sex worker, you will fuck anybody or you wanna fuck all the time. So that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, and I think it's just like people don't understand like the economic incentives of like how we end up in our career paths and all of that. Exactly. Um, Speaking of kind of harmful stereotypes, what's like a harmful stereotype people have about escorts? Oh, geez.
0: Um, so, so many, so many people think that we're dumb, or bimbos, or dirty, or drug addicts. Um, jeez, the list could go on and on. Um, people think that we're lazy. Ugh, that's the worst. Oh my god. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's nothing lazy about that. Right. People think that we're doing something that's unfulfilling. I mean, I'm a girlfriend, therapist, like, you name it. Um... Made sometimes, like, you know, <laughs> people think all these things that are just
3: completely not true, right? You're doing all this emotional work that people never make the time for. Exactly. Like, they go into the office, they go home, they don't talk about things.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think we kind of like fill in where other institutions kind of fall off. <laughs> exactly. Like, especially mm-hmm. with like the kind of like emotional care of, and, and you know, realistically, men in this and like societally men don't have like a lot of emotional outputs but there's like this kind of special Mm. veil of like permission and intimacy that you get like hiring a sex worker and and being in the commercial sex world so so true so true people just you know with that factoring that
0: in people don't understand like the logic behind why it works Mm. you know like like you say you know um some men feel more freely to, you know,
1: open up and with a sex worker. And I think also people think that it's just, you know, like just mindless, emotionless sex. It's <laughs> not it at all. And it's you know? never, it's not that. <laughs> it's not it at all. And there are different jobs
3: for different people for different reasons.
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe it's just my like really optimistic view about like escorts and sex work. I hope it helps men who have a lot of power and influence and money to be better selves and be better men and go out there and have—they felt nurtured so they can maybe give a little back. Not be so angry, not have tantrums. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's my very optimist. "Mm,
1: Yeah, I I think that way, too. And also, like, you know, I mean, I I don't know exactly. And, of course, there's no studies because— People aren't trying to study like the positive effects of sex work on like the mental health of clients. Do they right. study the negative effects? Oh, are there oh. sex worker studies? I yeah. I think so. I think it's it's mostly kind of like the effects on our health, mm-hmm. right? right? Women and, and, society
3: and society
0: and scary. Exactly. And-
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All these scary. Yeah. And, you know,
0: they want to throw in, like, oh, sex workers don't have self-esteem. They don't know their
1: self-worth.
0: Mm. Or they feel sorry for us. And it's like, you should feel sorry for the overworked, underpaid civilian right. who is working way more hours than we are and getting paid way less and getting abused by, you know, their bosses or something like that. You know for
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they say, like, oh, isn't what you're doing, like, slavery? And it's like... Mm. Isn't what you're doing slavery? Yeah, yeah. I can raise my hand,
3: like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's A lot not. Of in the marketing world and corporate exactly. world. Exactly. That's and that's not to say like, oh no, like you guys are getting. It. That's not to say that or like to point fingers at people who do have jobs. I think that's great. I just just say that just to say that your anger is misplaced. You know, instead of fighting what I'm doing, you should be fighting for better conditions. For people who you know, for everybody, and for
3: everybody, so nice. exactly. Okay. Do you see any healthy portrayals of sex workers or positive portrayals of sex workers in media, movies, film, or
1: magazines? songs or anything? Anything.
0: <laughs> I do not. I don't. I watched this one movie on Netflix. It, who uh, it was about um, the sex worker. I guess she was an escort, and she couldn't get a job because. Um, there was a video that leaked of her in college. I, f- I forgot what the Ugh, movie was called.
1: It's but always the same story. Yeah,
0: in the end, she ends up, you know, happily married. She stopped sex working, you know. Yeah, it's like only whenever she gets out is she happy. Exactly, exactly. And it was funny that this movie kind of, you know, stayed online. It didn't make it to theaters or anything yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> like, to answer your question, you know, shortly, no, I don't.
1: I was thinking about some, some songs, but I feel like, um, escorts are just like not never treated well in media. It's like the whole, like, you know, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks type (coughs) mentality about how, how full service sex workers are managed. If there was something that you could help people understand about your occupation that they don't like, what would you, what would you say?
0: I would certainly say that. (laughs) I mean, it's it's everywhere. You know, it's it's right under our noses, especially you know in 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 media. Like, um, what did Roddy Rich say? She sucked (laughs) a nigga's soul and got the cash app. Like, yes, (laughs) yes. It's it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And the funniest part is that these men. They want
1: that. You know, they, they they
0: are looking for a quick sexual encounter mm-hmm. um, and then for the woman to leave. Like, you're basically looking for an escort.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they say, I mean, there's like an, a whole adage that's like, you know, you're not paying her to come. You're paying her to go.
0: Right. And if that's what you want, that's fine. Just pay us.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think it's um, interesting. Do you feel like just the whole— that there's, like, a draw to it because of how just overwhelmingly societally frowned upon it is. Exactly. Exactly. It's I, I see it. It's like,
0: you know, this is what people want, but they don't want to say they want that because in society it's frowned upon. You know, I would just would tell people, like, it's okay to want that. It's okay to do that on both sides. Men and women. It's okay to
1: purchase. It's okay to to work. Exactly. (laughs) It's
3: all right. Just do it. (laughs) Right. I wish that was so much more destigmatized. Like it's okay to purchase it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so today I am going to purchase sex work solo for the first time and I'm very excited. What? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. I found a person that I think I like and I think that it'll go well. And I and I paid a deposit too, so So cool. Yeah, it's like, for me, it's just funny or sad, uh, depending on what you think of it. But just, like, how much harder and further you have to search as a woman to buy sex work. Really? Yeah, like, I mean, I think with men, it's just kind of, like, obvious, you know, like, if you want sex work, you know, there's not as many women on Seeking Arrangements and And I mean, I know that there is like a desire for like sugar mamas for sure, but it's just not as big. There's not strip clubs really for women. There's
3: massage parlors. Mm -hmm. There's not massage
1: parlors for women. Um, I mean, there's if they're male escorts, they're definitely like few and far between. And most of them are gay male escorts. So it's like. And then there's, like, a lot of apps, for example, like, Rub Maps and stuff, like, for finding massage parlors and stuff. It's, like, that's for men. It's not also for women.
0: Is that what it's called? Rub Maps?
1: That's one of them, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Got it. Ah, oh, yes. crazy. Yeah, and I didn't even know, like, the right term to um, to search to find, like— So I'm trying to get, like, a, full, a happy ending massage, so that's what I'm doing today. And, um— so for me to find it, I had to figure, I had to like learn what the term was to search because I was like, it, like happy endings for women. That's kind of one way to, to find it. But if you're being discreet and trying to advertise your services, you search for like full body sensual massage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or yoni massage yoni. <laughs> or, sen- or like sensual massage tantric. or erotic massage, tantric massage. I was
3: so curious to ask you what, keywords and i was thinking yeah tantric massage yeah
1: F F B S M is like the the standard thing that that is like searchable and i learned that just because i was reading a book about um like affairs and stuff and it was in there and it was like talking about commercial sex work and and how it's viewed as an affair and all of that so it was Mm -hmm. really interesting have you ever like bought sex work yourself or would you ever do that i have
0: never done that but i would definitely i would definitely try
1: I think oh, there's just like it. something that seems so freeing about like purchasing the the um services of somebody to like completely focus on you for you to be just like selfish. Mm, for sure. Cause for I sure. mean, like, you know, you and I, like, we deal with clients all day and they're very selfish specific needs. Right, exactly. And it's like, what about me and my <laughs> selfish specific needs? Right. <laughs> like Mm-hmm.
3: not have to worry about the communication well, a different kind of communication yeah. even the love language communication
1: oh yeah like, it's like you don't have to coddle somebody you don't have to like you know beat around the bush about what you want <laughs> pun intended <laughs> <laughs> you can just be like I want this right now for this amount of time mm-hmm. that makes sense I don't know, I've been I've been like wanting to kind of get into that and also, you know, I love the whole like sex worker for sex worker thing in the dating scene. Like it's it's kind of like been popping up more. Do you have a vanilla job? I do.
0: Sometimes I'll do like here and there, like background acting here and there, like be extra or something like that.
1: Oh, I like that. I'm I'm also doing that, so it's fun.
0: <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um and a little bit of
1: photography on the side. A little bit of photography? hmm I've seen your blog, and it, and it is very colorful. Like, a lot of very hey. nice pictures. Thanks. What do you tell people uh, who you don't trust enough to tell about your <laughs> sex work? Or sex work, what do you tell them that you do? I, I tell people that I'm a nanny, which oh. is not far off. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I like that as a code term.
0: Yeah. And it's something I've I've been, like in the childcare business since I was in middle school. That's what I did all my life, just watch kids, so.
1: Yeah, so um, whenever, like, do you interact with many other escorts? I don't, unfortunately. Oh, that's so interesting. So, like, it's not, you don't have, like, forums or anything, or, like, do you know about any of your counterparts' rates that they charge or things like that? I mean, like, you kind of mentioned earlier that when you were setting up your rates... You looked around and got a feel for what other people were charging.
0: Right, right. Uh, I used to have an Instagram account specifically um, for sugaring, and on there I had a lot of other um, sex workers. But I don't have that Instagram anymore. Um, but yeah, as of now, I don't. I don't interact with a lot of other ones. I wish
1: I did. Yeah, I think it's nice to have a community. Um, do you mostly work nights, days? weekends
0: um all over all over (laughs) all over days nights weekends all over
3: do you feel like you're on call with certain clients
0: that's a good question um no not necessarily like on call like if they call i have to come i will usually you know say hey if you want to meet just let me know in advance (laughs) what's the
1: best part of your job
0: Oh, my gosh. The best part of my job. Um, I've had time over the years to kind of think about, like, what I love. So (laughs) for me personally, you know, being the person I am, the freedom is incredible. I love having my own schedule. um, Because especially since I, you know, see my family a lot, um, I love the tax-free money. I love (laughs) it. That's awesome. Um, Just... The experiences that I've got to, you know, experience that I would not otherwise, like different luxury hotels and traveling, um, dining out, just experiencing all these different things that I, I would never have at first. And definitely, I've learned so much. Um, escorting and being, you know, a sex worker has taught me things that I would not have learned otherwise, so I, I would say the best part, the freedom and the knowledge for sure.
1: What is, like, the coolest place you've uh, traveled with a client?
0: Florida. Florida was really cool. Oh, nice. Florida, yeah. <laughs> We're in Florida? I went to Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Oh. I didn't really like Fort Lauderdale, but it was, it was cool just to be on the beach. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So nice. Have you ever had a client who, like, Reminded you of a paternal figure? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Yes, there are a lot of them out there, for sure. Like, how do you handle that? And could you also describe the, like, one or two of them? Hmm. And, like, what about them reminded you of, like... I mean, it doesn't have to be your father. It could be, like, an uncle, a teacher, you know, some other person who is, like, your older male mentor type vibe. Hmm. I haven't had any that describe me of a
0: specific paternal figure. Ah. Um, just a paternal figure in general.
1: Oh. And it's just because, you know, they're older, they're very caring. And I think also, like, there's this kind of, like, interplay with these older guys a lot of times where they're, like, they are your mentor. Or, exactly. Or, and they, like, also, like, they're sexually attracted to you, but they also want to father you. <laughs> Exactly. You know, they want to show that they care and be there and stuff like that. Exactly. Have you ever had a guy, like, you know, trying to father you and, like, tried to tell you what to do with your money? Like, it was like, you need to save the money that I give you. Or, like, you need to invest it in this and that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very, very few. Very few. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. One client I have now, actually, I think that they want me to, like— Get a you know office job and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I I can kind of feel them wanting that, but um, yeah, and and that's you know I can I can I can kind of understand you know they want to know that their money's not being squandered mm-hmm. blah blah blah. They
3: want to keep seeing you if you at that office job maybe more exclusively.
0: That's well, <clears throat> exclusively. But then I, you know I wouldn't have time for them, so it's like
1: yeah, and yeah. I think it's also just like. That's not how this relationship works. Exactly. And that's not how you met me. Like. Exactly. <laughs> and also, whenever you hand me money, it's my money. Exactly. It stops being your money the minute it comes to me.
0: <laughs> they don't get that logic. But no, they don't.
1: <laughs> there are a lot who, you know, instead of just, like,
0: wanting an escort or a sugar baby, they definitely want to mentor and, like, mentor you into an office role. Mm. there are a lot that you know want savior to savior complex right right they they want to get you there like oh i can help you land this job this job like that, that would be cool but it's like you know i'm not opposed to that but the job has to be like really good you know i'm not gonna yeah. stop for some you know
1: some bullshit office job like it's like exactly. any it's just not any old office job
0: it's, exactly. like, it's gotta be
1: the job that you really care about exactly Do you think that um, escorting and sex work should be legalized? That's, like, a really big tussle now in the sex work community. Yeah, especially in New York, too, where you guys are kind of on the precipice of, like, legalizing—or at least decrim. Right,
0: right. Um, I've read so many articles by sex workers, and there's a lot of, like, pages up on social media just pushing for decrim. Um, And to be honest— Decrim sounds really, really good. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, so you mean I can keep all of my money, no one else is taking a percentage, but I won't go to jail? That, that'd be great, you know? Yeah. It's mm, so like great.
3: legalization. It would be taxes. Exactly. Yeah, then it would start yeah. being
0: taxed. Oh, no.
3: Yeah. huge cut in New York, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. Huge, huge, huge. Like, when I do the background acting and stuff and I get the check, I'm like, what? What is that? Yeah, yeah. What did this go to? Right. So, yeah, decriminalization would be great. Please, thank
1: you. <laughs> also, it's easier
3: for them. No systems in place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's just, like, an unfair burden to place on the sex worker, typically, instead of... I mean, I also don't want, you know, Johns to be prosecuted, either, for purchasing. I right. mean, it's, it's like, it's an economy that depends on both parties. Right. If you had a kid, hypothetically, mm-hmm. would you support them becoming a sex worker?
0: If I had a kid and they wanted—I'm just thinking back on all of my experiences, like, oh my gosh, like, almost being killed and just in the street. And I'm like, I wouldn't want them to do it that way. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: The way I got into it was out of dire necessity and survival. If I had a kid and they had to do it, that means that I failed as a parent. But Mm. if I had a kid and they wanted to do it, I, I I I would be concerned. Um. For safety? I would be concerned for safety, for sure, because it's certainly not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that would be my kid. I guess I'd have to support them, and I, ju- I would just try to make sure they know all the ins and outs.
1: That's really important. I mean, you know, you can't stop your kid from doing something, but you can, you know, arm them with the right tools to, exactly. to handle situations like that.
0: Exactly.
1: Introducing a new Spotify feature,
2: Spotify Comments. You asked, we provided. Spotify now allows you to comment on your friend's Spotify activity in the new feed tab. Swipe over to see who's listening to what, when, like, dislike, engage with your friends in a whole new intimate way. Very cool and a lot of potential. What type of Spotify friend are you? Also, sharing songs within the app has never been easier introducing another new feature where you can share a song with your friend in spotify and a make suggestions playlist gets made that they can choose to follow or block all future suggestions will end up in that playlist super intimate and cute it'd be like if selena sent me a song and then decided to hit the start a playlist button and then i'd be notified and i'd be like oh cute okay and then a new playlist called selena's recommendations for clover is automatically made and every new suggestion for me gets sent there oh maybe this isn't much different from just making playlists and sharing them well i feel like spotify
1: needs to give you a call
2: yeah, I me a call Spotify. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, update in the App Store or the Google Play Store. So
1: where can we find you on social media?
2: You can add me on, on Instagram.
0: It's at l-o-u-i-s dot
2: Lewis Cipher. Well, I've got to say that it's been just another beautiful time with you all. I cannot wait until our next rendezvous
1: rendezvous
2: rendezvous 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 where i can once again kiss you through the phone baby kiss me through the phone
1: kiss me through the phone all right everybody thanks for tuning in bye bye
0: more money i want your money i want more money